It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It is a pleasure to have you all out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator of the e-commerce Master Plan. I'm an author, speaker and advisor, and I focus on e-commerce business strategy and marketing. Last time we chatted with Sully from Bomb Tech Golf. Wow, what can I say? You need to have a listen to that one. There's just far too much for me to, to give you the highlights here. But Rather than do that right now, um, I want to introduce you to today's special guest, who is our first ever retailer from South Africa. I know, truly ridiculous, it's taken me this long to get a South African on the show, so it's definitely about time we've got him here. So Nick Haralambus is the founder of South African Bricks and Clicks retailer and style company, Nick Harry. Nick launched the business in 2012, focusing on socks, and now turns over almost $1 million per year. He's just gone through a restructuring process in the business to reduce the number of physical stores and team members. So we're going to have plenty to talk about today. Hello, Nick. Hello, all the way from Cape Town. Yeah, how are you doing today? I'm very, very well and happy to be talking to you. Likewise. Well, look, I've given our listeners a ridiculously quick overview of you and your business and where you are now. But how did you get started in e-commerce? It's a good question and it goes back quite a way. Um, So I actually built my first website when I was about 10 um, and uh, was working off really basic and really bad computers back in the day. And that was that was quite a while ago, 23 years ago. Um, And since then, I've kind of been dabbling in online stuff and... um, big business and helping my employers get online. And um, this particular e-commerce business I started in 2012, but I've been working in e-commerce for more than a decade. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, industry knowledge went into to you, your decision to do it for yourself. Absolutely. Lots of industry knowledge. And I think uh, timing was one of the key decisions to get into it here in South Africa uh, in 2012. So is the was that because it was you just saw a gap that no one was selling socks online or was it a it's time to do something for myself what was the real catalyst to you starting Nick Harry yeah so the, the actual catalyst was um, I, I exited my previous startup um, and I had some capital from that exit um, so uh, the previous company I had was a mobile internet company um, here in South Africa in Cape Town and the exit was kind of brutal. I didn't really want to sell, but I made some money and I was in a little bit of a depressed state Mm -hmm. and I was wearing a competitive brand of socks. Um, They're called happy socks. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows happy socks. And um, I, I was unhappy with the quality. I was unhappy with the styles and I was unhappy with the price. So my partner kind of pushed me to see if we could make socks locally. And her and I found a manufacturer in Cape Town. We approached them and we set ourselves a capital budget to launch a business with. Now, the process here was kind of interesting. We chose 5,000 rands um, as our goal, and that is about $400. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to spend $400, build a business in six weeks, and then run it for 30 days and see if we could turn a profit from that $400. Um, and the first business we chose to do that with was the Suckham. Um, the reason we chose that number is really simple. In South Africa, the minimum wage is three and a half thousand rand to five thousand rand, so like three hundred to four hundred dollars. 
And everyone said to me in my last business, oh, you raised so much money. It was so easy for you to have a good exit. And the truth is, that's not the case. Uh, if you've ever raised funding, the more funding you raise, the more pressure you're under, the mm -hmm. more checks and balances you have, and the more complicated it gets. So I wanted to prove to the everyday South African that you can save 500 Rand, $50 for 10 months, have $500 in your bank account, and slowly and carefully build a business. And that's what we did. So we took the money. I built a WooCommerce website um, myself and with some help from some friends did a logo and we made samples of the socks and launched the sale. And within the first 10 days of the sale that we partnered with someone locally to do, we had sold about five or 600 pairs of socks and our $500 had become, I think, close to $3,000. And we had a business. Very nice. I love that approach of, right, we're we're keeping our budget to just this. We're giving us this many days, and that kind of this is the this is the push. Let's see if it's going to work or if it's going to fail. Because I find I've, I've been talking a lot to people in the last couple of weeks, in fact, about they've started an e-commerce business and they've had this idea, or they've had a really good year, or they had a really bad year, and they're trying to work out how to fix it. And they've got all these ideas, but you can just see it like, oh, we'll try this to fix it, or we'll try this to start it, and it just kind mm -hmm. of goes so slowly. And I think the focus of that's how much we're willing to invest in a new thing or in an existing thing that's not going so well. And that's the time. And if we can't yeah. do it within that, then it's time to move on. I think that's yeah, such, such a key thing to do. Things happen um, when you put constraints on yourself and your environment. Um, if you have a never ending piece of string and, you know, like when does it end? But mm -hmm. putting those constraints on whether it's creativity or a deadline for your business or whatever, um, being a journalist by trade, I've actually learned that regardless of how long I have to write it, when the deadline's looming, I write it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yes. And let's face yeah. it, everything in in online marketing and in e-commerce, you could spend five minutes on it or you could spend five years on it. Exactly. There's a rabbit hole down every turn and you've got to choose when to stop. And I mean, that applies to everything you hear from everyone. Oh, I should run Facebook ads and make them better. Or I should build my Instagram account. You should do a, a whole host of things, but which is the most relevant to your business right now? What's going to move the needle? Oh, so true. And it's okay. Yeah. And actually, there's an awful lot to be gained from focusing on one of those for a month and then the next exactly. one for a month or a week rather than trying to do it all at once. Um, 100%. I have so many questions I want to ask you. But before <laughs> I get into that, I think we just need to let everybody really understand the Nick Harry business. So you're cool. in South Africa. Where are you selling to? Um, so we are headquartered in Cape Town and we sell globally. We have um, a UK and European website set up with logistics over in the UK. Um, we also sell throughout South Africa, obviously. Um, and we'll, we'll actually sell anywhere in the world. We ship anywhere in the world. Our core focus, though, is South Africa and Europe at the moment. Okay, excellent. And the product is started off with socks. Where, what have you diversified into? So we've dabbled in a lot of stuff over the years. Um, we still, our core is socks um, and they're made from bamboo fiber, which is quite unique, antibacterial, really soft and healthy for your feet. And that's actually become quite a selling point for us. So we've branched out into bamboo t-shirts and bamboo underwear as our core three products. But in the past, we've also made umbrellas that match our socks. We've made Christmas stockings that match our socks. Um, we've done all sorts of things to kind of help men style themselves better. Excellent. And then um, are you still on that WooCommerce site? 
we are not. We shifted over to Shopify um, and it was, it was quite a painful move for me because I actually know the WooCommerce founders personally and one of them is an investor of mine. Oh, um, and uh, we made the choice to move off of WooCommerce and onto Shopify last year. And are you glad you made that decision? Absolutely. Um, I made some very simple decisions that helped me uh, clarify the need for that choice. And the main decision was we are not a technology company. I am not Amazon and I do not need to build tech. My mm-hmm. core business is creating, manufacturing and selling product. So that's what we wanted to focus on. And with Shopify, you have to self-host, you have to manage your theme, you have to do all these things Uh, Sorry, with WooCommerce. With Shopify, you don't need to do those things. They guarantee 99% uptime. Um, There's always someone to support you if you have problems. The plugin environment is really robust. So it was a no-brainer for me without a CTO. Yeah, they just take so much off the table that allows you to focus on the right things, doesn't it? Um, Exactly. Anyone who's listening who'd like a discount on Shopify, you can get the very special e-commerce master plan discount if you head to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Shopify. Now, given, Nick, that you're on Shopify now, you must have a few plugins or widgets that you're in love with. Any you care to recommend? (laughs) Yes, definitely. The very first one that um, has quite considerably changed my e-commerce business is Convergio. Um, Ah, yes. Used to be called Receiptful. It used to be Receiptful. It is now Convergio. And it is actually, um, just to put a disclaimer on there, it is one of my investors' businesses, AD Pinar, who is also one of the co-founders of WooCommerce. Um, But drip emails have so fundamentally changed my e-commerce game that if you are unsure of what you should do next and you don't have drip drip campaigns running, stop what you're doing and set up Convergio on Shopify or WooCommerce and get your your triggers going and get your drip campaigns, sending your customers more receipts um, and converting them. Excellent. And we're talking, just to be clear, because I know a few people out there are using the drip email marketing platform. We're not talking about that. We're talking about automated emails triggered by things the customer does. Absolutely. So when they make a purchase, 14 days later, we ask them to review their purchase, but in an automated way. Once they've done that, then we send them down a whole bunch of uh, funnels that help them move on through our processes and buy more things. Marvelous. Any other widgets? Um, yeah, so these are more services than widgets, but um, Intercom Intercom is fundamental to my customer service. We pride ourselves on good customer service. Um, and one thing that Shopify doesn't do very well is page creation. So the pages are very rudimentary. Um, so for that, I use Shogun Drag and Drop Page Builder, and they've got a really great page customization tool. Excellent tips there. Fantastic. Yeah. And um, the next question I'd normally ask you is your team, but I'm gonna I'm not going to ask you to exactly explain the team because first off, I want to go back and talk about those constraints we were talking about earlier. And I think hand in hand with the constraints, one, you know, they focus your mind on projects and on getting things done and making those decisions. But often it's worth reevaluating what you've got and reducing it. And I mentioned in the intro that you've gone through a process of reducing your number of physical stores and reducing your team. I wonder if you'd like to, to talk through the, the, you know, the thoughts and the reasons you went and did that. Yeah, sure. So um, South Africa, some interesting information about the country that I'm in. We are the sixth most heavily mauled country in the world. So we're the country with the sixth most malls in the world. And we are not a big country. Um, So our retail is very heavily driven by brick and mortar. Um, And 
we opened our first physical store uh, about two years after we launched. So that was about three years ago. Mm-hmm. And after opening the first one, we opened a new store every three months. Um, up until we had five physical locations. And with that comes a lot of growing pains, going from two staff to 22 staff in the space of 10 months. Um, those mm-hmm. staff going from online and e-commerce enabled staff to physical retail teams, um, that was also very complicated. And we also sprawled ourselves around the country. So we had five stores in three provinces. And those complications led to a very tricky business um, that scaled probably quicker than we understood how to manage. And the second tier variable that was out of my control and no one saw coming was the massive retail recession that we find ourselves in, in South Africa and abroad. So if the listeners of the podcast aren't aware, the the retail industry globally is collapsing. There are predicted another 9,000 retail outlets closing down in America this year, 12,000 closed down last year, and America had 310 malls or 350 malls closed down last year. Um, so we, we were affected by that. And that led to us needing to cut back the number of stores we had. So we went from five to two. We managed to wrestle our landlords, which was a, a difficult <laughs> task, um, and get our leases um, replaced by other tenants and cut the team back from, from 22 to about 12. Well, so, so the majority... So I guess the... Right. What do I really want to ask you? What I really want to ask you is the two stores you've got left, are they the two you wanted to be left with? Yes. So we have three stores left and an e-commerce platform. And the three we have left are the three we wanted to have left. They are the profitable stores. So what we did when we opened our physical stores was we we wanted to test a whole bunch of things. And looking back in hindsight, that was part of the problem. Um, and <laughs> Too many tests. This, exactly. You, how do you know what's working if everything is broken? Um, so instead of opening one store, one size in one location, we opened five stores that were all in different locations and all different size stores. Oh, so wow. we went from a 10 meter store, 10 square meter store to a 15 square meter kiosk to a 25 meter score, store then to 30, 50, and 60 square meters. Um, And we just couldn't figure out which one was working. Was the biggest or better? What was our trading density like? Um, I mean, to be frank, two years ago, I didn't even know what the words trading density meant (laughs) together. Um, And we had to figure that all out in a crash course. And realistically, we, we didn't prepare for the sales to drop as drastically as they did worldwide and for consumers to be hit really hard. Um, and we, we, you can't sustain losses for longer than your runway. So we mm-hmm. decided to cut quick and cut deep, as my investors like to say, and cut our losses and move into a business that we understood, which was e-commerce. I always think there's, there's quite a tipping point from managing one or two stores to going up to five. There's quite a different set of technological needs and team needs when you get to the, the, to the larger store numbers. So, um, so yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense to get down to two. You said uh, trading density. Um, yes. I giggled, but I should really have said, could some of our listeners won't know what that is either. Could you quickly explain it for them, please? Absolutely. So it's, it's how much turnover you do per square meter that you occupy in your mall or your store. And uh, the number is really simple to calculate. You take how much turnover you've done and you divide it by the number of square meters you have or square feet that you have. Um, and an interesting fact on that one, can, do you know who the highest trading density, who has the highest trading density in the world as a physical brick and mortar retailer. I've I could I could guess for about the next hour, but I have absolutely no idea. It's it's Apple. 
Apple has got the highest trading really? density in physical retail worldwide, higher than any of the premium retailers you can think of, Louis Vuitton, Versace, any of them. They move more products at a higher price point than any retailer per square meter. And that gives you an idea of why trading density is important. They can put a whole lot of product that sells at a really, really, really high price with a massive margin in a really small store. Whereas if you're, uh, to give you an example of how this can, can work is if you're a furniture retailer, you need a massive warehouse mm-hmm. and you might sell one couch in a day. Apple will move thousands of phones at a 90% um, markup or 100% markup and they'll kill it. And that's where trading density starts to matter. And the, the interesting thing is you look at their stores and they feel like there's the luxury of space. You know, it's yep. not crammed. Whereas you Absolutely. go into other stores and the, the product is crammed in there. So if they can do it with by majoring on the experience yep. rather than cramming as much shelf space in as possible, then that, that really gets one thinking in the retail yeah, space. Definitely. And I mean, if you're an e-commerce retailer, you are not thinking about trading density because you're not paying rent for every product mm-hmm. you're selling. And that's key. Yeah, very true. Uh, okay, so you reduced the stores down and then that yeah. team reduction, was the, was, was the team reduction purely around the management of the physical side of the business or did yes. you make some changes to the online? I said, it was. Okay. So, yes, yes. So who therefore is running the online side of your business? What does your team look like? Uh, it's it's me really. Um, we <laughs> yeah, I mean, hard to believe. We do. We've got um, two two guys in in the head office that help me with uh, picking, packing, logistics, um, as well as some of our online marketing, managing our subscriptions and ambassadors. But over the next few months, we're even moving towards outsourcing our logistics to a partner who can pick, pack, ship, and warehouse our stuff for us. And again, that goes back to the point of what are we good at? What do we want to do as a business? And we realize it's not warehousing. We don't want to warehouse. We don't want to pick, pack, and ship. We want to sell and promote our product. Yeah, I think that's, I find a lot of businesses struggle with not having the pick, pack, and dispatch under their own roof. And it's such a, for me, it's such an important thing to outsource because yeah. it's, it's peaky and trophy and actually running the business it shouldn't, you know, the workload should be pretty similar every day. Yeah. No matter and how many. Contributes... Sorry. No, no, after you. I was going to say it contributes quite dramatically to your head office costs. If you're a lean e-commerce business of one person and you have to warehouse all your products instead of drop shipping it from your manufacturer or something to that effect, you need a physical office instead of being a virtual or remote worker. So those sorts of things, when you start to scale up a business, do matter. Um, That extra 5% that you're spending in your expenses is actually potentially 5% in profit that you're losing. Yeah, I think... I, I I think you will thoroughly enjoy having it outsourced once that happens. I have to say, um, <laughs> so so very much you're you're focused on marketing and driving those website sales and product design. So we manufacture locally. We we're vertically integrated with our factory, um, and we own as much of the process as possible. So we're very pedantic about product creation and quality, as well as design and customer retention. So we we treat our customers like gold. And you mentioned uh, two things when you're talking about what your team does. One was ambassadors and one was subscription. I'm going to come back to subscription, but who are your ambassadors? Because lots of different businesses use ambassadors for different types of people. So for you, who are the ambassadors? So the first caveat I have to put on this is we are in the process of 
changing our ambassador program from giving free products to people with big social media following to um, making our ambassadors customers who buy from us um, at a price that's unique to our ambassadors because my view has changed from give people free stuff to if you love my stuff, buy it and support the people you love, support the businesses you love. So that's the caveat. Um, but over the last three years, we've had um, South African sports stars, um, ex-rugby players, cricket players, uh, Herschel Gibbs, Bob Skinstats. We've got TV personalities, musicians. We've got uh, cyclists and Ironmen and women who do their thing, and they all wear our product. Amazing. So it was the influencer ambassador in the past, but now you're, you decided you're actually going to reward your best customers rather than... Exactly. Vice versa. Exactly. Um, I'm very much uh, focusing this year on authenticity. And if you believe in my brand and my business, then you should buy from me, even if you're an ambassador. I've always thought it was weird that the people who are the most famous and most wealthy <laughs> go to the awards pro shows and get these massive hampers of stuff that they can buy a million times over. It just yeah. it feels nonsensical to me. It is, it is quite crazy that those who have the most get the most for free. Yeah, it's mental. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to play that game. Fair enough. And then subscription, because you yes. you have the sock subscription. Did that come first? What led you to, to do the, get on the subscription route? So the subscription thing was actually the model. That was what we built this business around was um, a sock subscription. You sign up and we send you a new daring pair of socks every month. And um, it still runs to this day, but the South African market is definitely not the e-commerce market has not evolved enough. South Africans are very nervous of giving our credit card details online. They're very skeptical of logistics. So they don't believe the product will be delivered on time or to their door. So they don't buy into the subscription thing. I mean, our customer retention is great. The lifetime value is six or seven times what our acquisition cost is. But that's because customers actually remember to come back and buy from us every month instead of just signing up to the subscription because they're weary of giving out their credit card details. So it did come first and it is still going on. But the focus these days is on treating the customers great so they decide to come back and buy the next pair of socks rather than them committing to it. Exactly. We kind of, we give them that option, but the, the mantra for customer service is we reward loyalty and we promote loyalty. Oh, what a great mantra. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah, you know, <laughs> we found that uh, in store, what happens is a lot of customers will come in and ask us for a discount at their first purchase. So our response is really simple. If you come back and you love our products, you'll be a loyal customer and we will absolutely reward you for coming back. And that's it. Like nice and simple. Excellent. Okay. Um, I've got one question left before we go into the top tips round, Nick, which is what do you think is the most awesome thing about your business right now? Wow, that is such a tough question. Um, for me or, or for my customers? For you. So for me, I think it's focus. We are dedicating 2018 to doing what we do and doing it better. And the, the thing that as an entrepreneur I've had to learn is how to say no and how to say no to more things instead of saying yes to everything. And this year we have decided to do that. So we are going to be making better and more interesting t-shirts, socks and underwear from bamboo and delivering it to our customers quicker and more efficiently. So yeah, just focus is what makes the business pretty awesome to be in right now. Oh, that's an excellent answer uh, and perfect for us to move into the top tips. Now, oh, great. 
I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So the first question for you, Nick, is the book top tip. If everybody listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Oh, man, Um, I have so many books to recommend. Um, And the reason is while I pull up my list, um, the first thing is if you want to know what I read, you can go to goodreads.com forward slash Nicarolambas and follow me and get a list of the things that I read because I review and read uh, and rate every book that I read. Um, So some of the business books that have really changed the game for me um, is the Walmart story um, on how uh, Sam Walton built Walmart. That was absolutely riveting and, and changed the way I thought about a lot of stuff. Um, the book that I read last year that was just one of the best books I've ever read is Shoe Dog, um, the Phil Knight story on how he created Nike. Uh, that was just I mean, the number one thing that I took away from that is he was a full-time accountant for eight years while he built Nike on the side. Eight years. So if you're listening to this and your business is only two two or three years old, you still have another five years before you're close to the side hustle that Phil Knight had when he was building Nike. Um, So yeah, those ones. And Creativity Inc. is just, just riveting if you want to get a good idea of how Pixar was built. And for anyone who wants to know that that Sam Walton book, the Walmart one, is called Made in America, and I, I that's one I've read of the three you mentioned, and it is well worth a read. I thoroughly recommend that one too. Uh, okay, the traffic top tip: which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? So unequivocally, the the two that are tied, but the one that I'll mention is email newsletters. People think they're dead; they are not. And the reason that they're tied to the thing it's tied to is word of mouth. Um, so I believe if you're producing really great newsletters that don't just talk about product and price, your customers will engage with you. We send out our newsletter twice a week and I have customers actually reply to me and go, thanks so much for sending this email. I'll absolutely check it out and share it with my mom who's about to buy a present for my dad. That is invaluable. Everyone is hyping Facebook and Instagram. And ask yourself this, when was the last time you clicked on an Instagram ad and bought something? and then decide if it's worthwhile doing in your business. Oh, I'm a big fan of email, so I think that's a great piece of advice. Okay, the tool top tip. Maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Uh, it's, uh, so in the in the world right now, it's, it's so t- obvious, but we use Slack really, really efficiently through our retail environment. Um, We don't have any phones, like physical landlines in our stores. We use Slack. So my team are able to call each other and me through Slack. We've got high-speed internet in all of our stores. We do stock takes on Slack. Um, We do daily counts packaging and all sorts of interesting things through Slack. Um, We've even integrated our Shopify sales um, and our Slack by pushing sales on Shopify through to Slack into a channel. And to do that, it's an app called Slacky um, that you can do, check out on Shopify. But yeah, Slack is a really, really incredibly useful tool for us as a business. Oh, excellent. Uh, often we get people saying, oh, Slack's brilliant, but not really explaining how they use it. So that was, that was mm. nice. That's going to have a lot of our Shopify users going, really? Uh, <laughs> cool. 
Okay, then. Um, now, everybody listening, this is a new top tip question for 2018. This is the first time I'm going to ask it. So I've retired the startup top tip. If, you, if you're if you angry about that, then uh, then come and tell me in the Facebook group or via the contact page on the website. But this is the new one. This is the growth top tip. So, Nick, if you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000 orders per month, what would be your number one tip for them? So focusing in on the the idea of email, and the reason I'm reiterating this is because we have zeroed in on a single valuable channel for us, and we're doing everything we can to grow that channel because it leads to sales. And if you're an e-commerce um, owner, just remember that it's cool to have 10,000 likes on Facebook, but it's cooler to have 1,000 orders on your website. Um, so what, what, we, what I would say is partner with people who've got bigger databases than you, run a competition with them, and grow your email database that way. Then once your email database is growing, your orders will grow. If you are communicating with your audience in an authentic and real way through your newsletters, then you're going to make sales. Just keep growing that database as you can. Oh, brilliant advice. Brilliant advice. And I have to say, it always fascinates me that because the return on investment in the email is so good, when you you know when you just bang out an email every now and then, that yep. people therefore go, oh, I'll do something else because that one's doing yep. really well. It's like, well, why like, didn't do you double down? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, Triple down, do more of that. Yeah. I mean, we keep getting distracted with the irrelevant stuff that's cool. And uh, you know what's the most cool to me is profits. The more money I can make, that's the coolest thing I can do. So Facebook, we, we're very seriously considering getting rid of our Facebook and Instagram presence almost entirely in our business because it does not convert for us. Wow, that's a ballsy move. Do let me know if you do that, because I'd love to have you well, back on the show to talk and, about and it. Absolutely. And it would actually be a very calculated idea. It would be, we would, we would promote that. We would say that we, we don't endorse this. We don't endorse the anxiety-driven social media mania that has been created. Um, and it does. It makes me anxious. I don't have those apps on my phone anymore because they keep me awake at night. Yeah, um, I know exactly where you're coming from on that one. Well, yeah. we're, we're about to disappear down a whole other angle there. Yes, we are. Let's uh, <laughs> so, uh, Master Plan World, you can find the top tips and links to everything we've been chatting about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you'll see a link to this show. Nick, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and Nick Harry on the web and social media? Yes, absolutely. You can go to nickharry.com and that's N-I-C-H-A-R-R-Y.com. There you can sign up to our email newsletter and get a 25% discount once you do that. And we ship worldwide. Marvellous. Well, I'll add links to that to the website too. You can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Nick, thank you so much for being on the Ecommerce Masterplan podcast today. You've been incredibly generous sharing your experience and I've thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. So thank you. It's an absolute pleasure. So good to get Nick there. A real, really clever retailer, I think. Um, So key things I'd pick out from this one are Obviously, his love of email. You all know I adore email myself. Um, And, you know, it's such a powerful medium. It's such a powerful way for you to build that great connection with your customers. But you have to do more than just go product, 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 offer, product. You've got to tell them something more, build that emotional human connection with them. So that I think is is a huge, huge uh, takeaway there. It really does work. It's really worth focusing on. Focus, I suppose, would be the second thing. Um, what really rang through everything that Nick was saying 
was the way in which he's focused, be it to put constraints to force him to focus, as he was talking about when he first started the business, be it focusing on what works and making sure they're being the company they should be, that decision to move to Shopify from WooCommerce, because they're not a tech company, they are a product company. And by allowing Shopify to look after a load of annoying tech for them, they can therefore focus more time and energy on the product side of things. So focusing constraint. And then the third thing would be, don't be scared to, to change things. You know, he, see, he saw that the retail scenario, the physical retail scenario wasn't entirely working. Let's cut it back to just those three stores. He's identified that actually pick back and dispatch, not something they need under their roof. As lovely as it is to see that product flying out the door, it's not necessary. It's time to outsource it. So I think email marketing is a must. You need to focus and don't be scared to make changes when you need to make those changes. What did you think? What did you take away? Please do let me know by joining in the chat in our Facebook group at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. If you're looking for some more ideas about how to grow your email, we have, I think, three or possibly four sessions on email marketing in the e-commerce master plan virtual summit. It is still available to watch and registration is still completely free. Yes, completely free. And you'll find lots of other videos about e-commerce strategies and ideas in there too. You can find that at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash summit. Have a great week, all of you, and keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.